Does it ever feel to you that every other Christian, every other follower of Christ has a better connection to God than you do? Does it ever feel like other people's prayers get answered, that other people experience God, that other people see God at work in their lives in a more real way than you do? That's the experience of a lot of Christians. And it's very easy for us to feel like other people get led by God better, other people know him better, and I'm just off in the background and can never fully understand it. Today, I want to share a posture towards God and a prayer that I believe can impact the way that we experience God on a day-to-day basis. Because I believe that actually God wants us to experience him and to experience the presence of his spirit in, his, in our lives and actually to keep in a daily step, in a rhythm of experiencing the, of the Spirit of God, experiencing the Spirit daily, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit and knowing His work in our lives. And as we've been journeying through Galatians, we're kind of coming to this part of the book where Paul, the apostle who's writing to these Galatian churches, is saying, listen, I want you to not uh, live w- with these uh, acts of the flesh, but live with the fruits of God's Holy Spirit in your lives. And all through chapter 5, um, in various places, he just he just peppers this whole chapter with talking about, here's what life in the Spirit is like. In, in verse 16, he says, you've got to walk daily with the Holy Spirit. In verse 18, he says that you should be led by the Spirit. And then it carries on to talk about what I mentioned as being the acts of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit. And then he says in verse 25, he says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step by the Spirit. This daily uh, experience of God in our lives. So, but, but I know that there's this tension that we don't really often feel like that. You know, as I said, some people seem to have this hotline. Some people, you, you kind of get the impression that when they buy toothpaste, they, they heard from God as to whether to buy Crest or whether to buy Colgate, you know, and then which brand of, which brand of Colgate they should buy. It's easy to look at other people and think, well, God seems to help you with traffic and with parking spaces, but I'm not sure that he's on my side. I'm not sure he gets, helps me get that job. I'm not sure he helps me get that partner. I'm not sure he helps me uh, get that life that I've been looking for. And it seems like everybody else does. Well, the reality is that uh, if, we're, if to, we're to listen to the words of Jesus, when he said in, in John 15, 5, he said pretty clearly, pretty blatantly, he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. He's saying that there is nothing spiritual in your lives apart from the presence of God within your life. So you can't experience God unless Jesus through his Holy Spirit, is invading your life. You're allowing God to fill you. And so, so uh, when, when, when Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing, I guess I want to understand what does that nothing look like? What does it mean to be able to do or accomplish nothing, to have nothing of God in our lives? And Galatians 5 talks about this thing called the acts of the flesh. And it describes what not having the Spirit of God in our lives is like. It says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, 
selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy and the like, drunkenness and orgies. It's a pretty serious list. Um, and it puts things in there like, like, uh, uh, like hatred and envy and orgies all in the same list in this kind of like random order. Maybe I'll read it from, a, from another version of the Bible. This is from the Common English Bible. And it's described perhaps in using other words that might kind of nudge us a little bit. It says the, the actions that are produced by selfish, selfish motives are obvious. Since they include sexual immorality, moral corruption, doing what feels good, uh, uh, idolatry, drug use, casting spells, hate, fighting, obsession, losing your temper, competitive opposition, conflict, selfishness, group rivalry, jealousy, drunkenness, partying, and other things like that. When Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing, he's talking about the emptiness in our lives that that list of things in Galatians produces. That's what a life is like, absence of God's presence. Whereas Philippians 4.13, Paul says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do everything. I can do all things through the presence of God in my life. So I guess you're wondering, what does it look like? What is everything? We've, we've described what nothing of God looks like. What does everything of God in our lives look like? What, what, is, what is a description of God's presence in our lives? And in Galatians 5, again, it continues in verse 22. It says, the fruit of the Spirit, as in, as in the fruit of, of God's presence, God's Holy Spirit in our lives, is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's forbearance. It's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Paul says, against such things, there's no law. There's nothing to stop that experience of God in our lives. So the Spirit's, uh, the, the result of God's Spirit in our life is, lives is what Paul calls fruit. Now, if you've seen an apple tree, what does an apple tree produce? It produces apples. Put it in the chat if you want, but it's pretty obvious. If you see a pear tree, it produces what? It produces pears. And, um, uh, you know, you, have you ever seen a tree like trying, an apple tree trying to produce apples? No, it doesn't happen. It's just, it's, it's the apple, apple tree is living in its true identity. It's doing what God designed it to do and it naturally produces apples. And so Paul's saying here that the natural result of, this, of, of, a, of a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit's presence in his life, his or her life, is love, is joy, is patience, it's peace, it's, it's self-control. The tree isn't trying to produce something. And I want to make sure that we're not, uh, you're not listening to this thinking, oh, I've got to try and produce God's presence in my life. Because the tree is natural, fruit is a natural product of a healthy tree. So if a tree is grounded and nourished where it should be, the natural fruit is, in the case of an apple tree, it's apples. It's not a, um, it's not a result. A, a result usually talks about work, doesn't it? But it's the fruit. It's just the natural response as a result of having God's spirit inside. 
you know, if you walk past a tree and you see it like, you know, just doing its thing, you're like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to create apples. Uh, firstly, trees don't talk, but, uh, but if it would, you would never see it, hear a tree tr saying, I'm trying to produce something. It's because the fruit is a natural result of what it is. So it seems really important to the Apostle Paul that he gets it over to us clearly that if we want to experience God, if we want to know God, somehow we've got to experience God's presence in our lives. In fact, he said in another time, he said uh, in Ephesians 5.18, he said, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to dissipation, but he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the question must be for us, how how should we be filled with the Holy Spirit? If this is the thing can, that can lead to God's presence in my life, how do I become filled with God's Holy Spirit? Now, I want to illustrate this this way. Um, uh, when you became a Christian and uh, you gave your life to Christ, you recognized the need for God in your life. God filled you from top to bottom or bottom to top. I don't know. He filled you with his Holy Spirit. He filled you with his presence. The Bible says that we receive the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives uh, when we come to Christ. And it, just like this, this, I can't smell it. Water doesn't smell of anything, but just, it just feels great. I want to drink it right now. I'm going to drink it later, okay? I promise you I'm going to drink this later. Watch. Um, but this is a, a life filled with the Holy Spirit on the day that you come to Christ. But then... Um, Oddly enough, as time goes on, life uh, just gets in the way and other stuff wants to fill this vessel, this, this brand new believer. Um, I want to use this as an example. This is vinegar, uh, distilled white vinegar. And vinegar represents self-righteousness. Uh, it looks like the real thing, but, it's, but it stinks. It's remarkably different. And self-righteousness is that feeling that like we're better than the people around us. Uh, another, another thing that comes in, this is, this is going to, a bit of Frank's red hot sauce here. This is going to represent, this is going to represent anger in our lives. And anger can find its way into our lives so easily, can't it? Make sure you can see that. Uh, you know, we come home, we shout at our kids, we shout at our wife. Uh, we're, we, we go into work and the traffic has caused us to be angry even before we've got there. And anger just finds its way into our lives like this red hot uh, Frank's original sauce. Now, here's another one. Uh, we'll open a bottle of beer here. And uh, if I can do this, I should, yeah. Um, I'm going to say that uh, uh, beer, dis, uh, beer is going to illustrate here what I call dissipation. Now, uh, that's kind of not a word that we use a whole lot, but Ephesians 5.18, I said earlier, says, it said, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, dissipation means to disintegrate. It means to, um, it means to separate. And if you think of the, the, the opposite of integrity, the opposite of being complete and being whole. And obviously, when, when somebody does uh, drink a lot of beer, that's kind of what happens, isn't it? Their judgment, uh, their choices get marred. Uh, th th this uh, dissipation could, could represent some of those good pleasures in this world that, if taken to an excess, will cause a lack of integrity in our lives. Here's another one, uh, yellow mustard. Yellow mustard is going to represent... Um, uh, selfishness in our lives. 
You ever had somebody do something good for you, but it was, you discovered it was done for the wrong reason? Isn't that gross? Can you see that? How lovely is that? A little bit of a mustard going in there and just changing everything. All right, let's, what else we got here? We got some, uh, we got some wasabi. Wasabi, and wasabi, of course, is green. Uh, so wasabi represents green with envy, of course. You ever look at other people's lives and, and you wish, uh, I just wish I had their life. I just wish that I could transition what I have and what they have. And you see somebody else's, you could, you could be having a pretty happy day and then you see somebody else's Facebook feed and then all of a sudden your day is wrecked because you're thinking about all the things that they have. And then you're, then you're working to try and figure out how can I get what, what those people have instead of what I have. And uh, you just want to compare your life with somebody else's. We'll use this lemon juice to, to describe bitterness. It's another, uh, it's another act of the flesh. It's another thing that can so easily fill our lives uh, if we are absent of God's presence. Remember I said I was going to drink from this? It's still going to happen, right? Um, and then this one, this last one, well, this is uh, Worcestershire sauce. We're going to say that uh, this black uh, liquid here, this represents the darkness in our lives. Those dark thoughts, those thoughts that nobody else knows that we have, those uh, moments in our lives where we're ashamed of who we are. Maybe the movies that you watch or websites that you know you have no business going to. Maybe, maybe we, uh, we, we get into those moments of darkness where we, we love God, but we feel so far from him in those moments. And we're like, how can, God even, how can God even feel me? How can I even say that I'm a Christian when, I'm, when it seems like I'm so far from God? Uh, I didn't get anything to, didn't bring anything to stir this with, but maybe I'll use this just to kind of stir this up. This is absolutely disgusting. Kind of what we end up being like, isn't it? Here's this quote-unquote Christian ready to take on the world, ready to live for God. And yet I feel like I'm, I'm just filled and destroyed with so much darkness and so much bitterness in my life. Now, I've mentioned a couple of times Ephesians 5.18, and it says, be filled with, the, it says, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the real translation of that phrase is not just be filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a word that should be translated in the present continuous because there needs to be a continual filling and refilling of God's presence and God's Spirit in our lives in order for, him to, in order for us to reflect Him in this world and for us to experience the fullness of God. So what we actually need in our lives, and I hope this works, what, I actually need, what we actually need in our lives is a continual filling of God. A filling of God in our lives is absolute overflowing. So we're not just this Christian that got marred one day, but you and I can experience more of God, more of God's love, more of God's joy, more of his patience, more of his peace, and more of his self-control. And that is the kind of Christian that is going to change the world. 
I hope that helps you to, dis- to describe what it, what it means to experience the filling of God's presence, God's presence in our lives. The prayer, come Holy Spirit, is one of the oldest prayers that the church has prayed. It's in Latin, I think, venite spiritus santo. And it's, that, it's just a simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. And it's a prayer that I believe all of us should be praying regularly because we get filled up with all kinds of other things and we need to know and experience the continual filling and refilling of God's Spirit in our lives. And I believe that if we, if we, if we ask God continually, God, will you fill me and fill me again? Will you fill me today with your presence? Will you fill me again with your spirit that he will always come? He will always respond to our cries, respond to our prayers. If we say, come Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes. Jesus said, he said, you earthly fathers, um, if your son asks for a fish, you won't give him a scorpion. Um, And he says, how much more will my father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's ask God for a continual filling and refilling of his presence in our lives.